For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What is up, fight fans? What is going on? Boxing fans, MMA fans, combat sambo fans, karate fans, judo fans, kickboxing fans, Lethway fans, Wing Chun fans, Tai Chi fans, yoga fans. Welcome, fight fans, to another epic episode of the Iktagon. I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N, everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, I almost said Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and of course, Iktagon.com. Get involved. Call the show, 646-820-9848. A lot to discuss. We have... Big UFC pay-per-view event tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, not 10 p.m., not the normal 10 p.m. start time to the pay-per-view, but at 5 p.m. Eastern, Eastern fight fans, 5 p.m. I will be at a wedding live streaming the fights while I am enjoying the charcuterie and enjoying the the steak station or whatever the hell they got at this wedding, but it, it will be epic. I will not miss it. And uh, comment below if you guys have something you want to say. I could throw your comment on the screen. Uh, hopefully it's mean, nasty uh, comment from a miserable, awful person that will always get attention because I don't know what's wrong with the society. But apparently attention plays and pays. But on Yagtagon, we like to keep things optimistic and forward moving so marab davalashvili kept it positive kept it strong kept it forward moving against peter yan he didn't step back a freaking second against peter yan absolutely dominates 50 45s peter yan those rarely happen the last one i can remember maybe was Kamaro Usman over Tyron Woodley. If you guys can, uh, was Peter, uh, Peter Jan, uh, was Jan Blahovich over Israel Adesanya? That, that seemed that that was a, a 50 45. Uh, I'm trying to think the top of my head, uh, another 50 45. But if you guys come up with one, throw it below. I'm super giddy. Not because I have the steak station 
and cocktail hour coming up tomorrow and of course a UFC pay-per-view Friday but because as a Jets fan we got a lot of news uh a lot of a lot of a lot of uh a lot of things in motion to say the least uh, I will close the show with that but you guys are here for the fights Rob Davalashvili, he sets a record for most takedown attempts against Peter Jan. I think it was like 38 or 43, something like that. Yeah, in in the, the other side of the coin, looking at the glass half full differently. Peter Jan also had the greatest, uh, defend, uh, most defended takedowns in any UFC bout. So, yes, Marab, uh chased down Peter Jan. Peter Jan kind of uh, ran away for uh, as much as he could, but Marab looked fantastic. Peter Jan, there's been some indications that him and the UFC have, I don't know, not been on the same page, similar to a Yair Rodriguez. Maybe it's negotiations, maybe it's matchmaking, maybe it's just common respect. The difference is that Yair Rodriguez, I think this was 2017, 2018, Yair Rodriguez stepped away from the sport, stepped away from the negotiation table to not only improve his skill set and his martial arts abilities, but to mature, to calm down, to get a grasp of his temper. He's a very fiery competitor. Uh, you could say that probably for the majority of fighters, uh, combat sports athletes, that they are very fiery competitors, way more than football, way more than basketball, baseball, hockey. Fighting is just a level above and a notch up uh, those other sports. As much as fighters will treat the Super Bowl, uh, excuse me, uh, NFL players will treat the Super Bowl as the end all be all event of all humanity. Still not getting punched in the face. You're still throwing a ball, catching a ball. Uh, there could be a whole game where there's not a single tackle if every receiver or running back or quarterback runs out of bounds. Think about that. Uh, there could be a game where there's not a single tackle. In fighting, to win, you got to make contact. You got to make contact. So, yeah. When I hear that Peter Jan is getting into it with the UFC and there's some friction brewing and some heat, some smoke. There's a good chance there could be a fire. And if your fire is pointed in the wrong direction, then you're losing the, the fire that's under your ass to compete. And look at what happened with Jan over the last two or three years with the Al Germain fights, throwing there the great strong performance against Corey Sanhagen. But then he loses to Sean O'Malley. He loses to Marab Devalishvili. And it seems that Peter Jan was a little checked out in those losses. And he's so talented that he kind of gave up an early round. And it was a it was a it was a competitive fight against Corey Sanhagen. So maybe he was checked out, but his skill set is so advanced and he's so talented that he can not fully be present and still get a victory. But against Marab Devalishvili, who's motivated, who's hungry, who's training with the best of the division in Aljermaine Sterling on a daily, 
maybe that's not a good fight to be checked out. And Marab, man, championship trajectory. He will not be fighting his teammate. He will not be fighting his teammate. Okay, uh, let let me uh, let me repeat that for you guys. Marab really will not be fighting Al Jermaine Sterling. Okay. And do people not pay attention to the headlines? I'm not even saying the tea leaves, like piecing together, like, oh, did he say that in an interview? Did he say that in an interview? Hmm, maybe I got to pay attention to that. Ooh, we could piece that quote together. Ooh, what does that mean? Is there something that, no. Al Jermaine Sterling literally said, I want to fight Cejudo, maybe O'Malley, and then move up to 145. Hello? Is anybody paying attention? When a champion speaks, you listen. Or you don't listen to Aljamain Sterling. But you should listen. Because the man is doing everything that he said. Uh, he got illegally kneed by Peter Young. He said that he had a bad warm-up, a bad meal prep. He wasn't on point. He will come back and show the world. He did. He dominated TJ Dillashaw. He did. He was not shy about calling one of the greatest fighters of all time in combat sports history in Henry Cejudo at a retirement for a fight. He's not picking easy fights. He's doing what he's saying, and he's saying what he's doing. And now Aljamain Sterling is letting us know that there's maybe one or two more fights for him at bantamweight. The legacy fight with the Cejudo fight, the money fight, with Sean O'Malley. And then going for champ champ status. I don't think people are paying attention. But they should. Because Law MMA. Cerro Longo fight team. They're making a lot of noise. A lot of noise. And the new wave of fighter. Are knocking on the doors. For the UFC. Bellator. One championship. Pay attention, people. You've been warned. As far as matchmaking for Marab, people have brought up, does he face the winner of the Vera-Sanhagen fight? It's not bad. Does he face Rob Font? Does he face Sean O'Malley? There's no chance the UFC, unless the UFC hates Sean O'Malley, that Marab and O'Malley are getting locked in a cage. That is death for O'Malley at this point. I mean, O'Malley was taken down by Peter Jan. So if we're using logic and some applied MMA math, I think it's fair to say that Marab would have his way and ragdoll Sean O'Malley should they get locked in the same cage. So cross Sean O'Malley off the list for Marab. I like it. It makes sense. Marlon Vera, Corey Sanhagen, they fight March 25th. That's great matchmaking for many reasons. You have two guys, I'm talking about the winner of that fight and Marab, who will be on a very, very similar trajectory in terms of off-camp, in camp, that's probably a midsummer fight. 
that could be on the John Jones, Stipe Miocic fight. I like it. And the winner of that, uh, excuse me, the loser of that fight, Sean O'Malley. You delay, delay, delay the wrestlers from Sean. You keep him away from the wrestlers. So Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera 2 would be just spectacular. I think that could be headlining a pay-per-view. I think it could do better numbers than Covington and Masvidal. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. I mean, there will be a huge, huge group of illegal streamers because he does bring in the, I'd say, 15 to 25 audience, and not many of them are going to pay the $80 pay-per-view. So Sean O'Malley and the UFC, I hope they're... Man, if they did that on a fight night, O'Malley Vera, that would just do astronomical numbers for ESPN+. Plus. Now, on the reverse, if Vera wins and wants to fight Marab, bingo, bango. Sanhagen O'Malley, that's a fun fight as well. Two long, lanky kickboxers. You have Sanhagen, who's a, a very similar style to uh, Dominic Cruz, and then O'Malley, who is a very similar style to a Conor McGregor with the karate stance and the taekwondo kicks. Uh, Sanhagen, who does the switch stances, who has frequent uh, footwork and pivoting and circling out with funky grappling. I think that's uh, that's a fun fight as well. So fun matchmaking at the top of the bantamweight division. Peter Jan should take a step back. I'd like to see him against a Rob Font, Sonya uh, Dong, which would be freaking still a great match and still fighting in the top 10 killers that want to take him off. If the UFC are trying to really just get rid of Peter Jan, I could see, uh, I could see Asanya Dong. If they like him, Rob Font, that is a very competitive kickboxing versus boxing match, which I think a lot of people would sign up for. That is violence. And man, how many main events, can Peter Jan be in? How many five-round fights has he trained over the last four years? A lot, a lot. I know he burst on the scene, UFC 245, the undercard of Covington Usman won. That was the highlight reel. Anderson Silva front kick to the jaw against Uriah Faber, in which Peter Jan pulled off. Spectacular highlight. And since then, he's been on fire. But he's been in a lot of main events and five-round fights. It'd be a uh, a good time to kind of put him lower on a pay-per-view card. Maybe he kicks off the pay-per-view. Maybe he's the second fight, and it's a three-round fight against a uh, a Rob Fon or a Sonya Dong. And I think people would still tune in to see that fight. So, bantamweight, it's a hot division. Uh, Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo. The training camps are fully underway. We're looking at a May 6th headlining event. Headlining event, which is just spectacular. Congrats to Aljamain Sterling. Congrats to Henry Cejudo for putting in the work and for getting off the snide and getting back into the gym. You could tell that he was teasing this comeback because he's just so affiliated with mixed martial arts he's 
was training John Jones. Um, Devison Figueredo, I think we've seen him with. Uh, Whaley Zhang, he was training. Just It was just, it seemed like it was a matter of time before Henry Cejudo put on the gloves again. So I'm excited that, uh, inshallah, we will uh, be in attendance in Newark, New Jersey, May 6th. It's going to be awesome. And uh, inshallah, April 8th in Miami for UFC 287, Israel Adesanya. My first time seeing him, inshallah. And Alex Pajeda, man, woo, I just downloaded UFC, the uh, the video game. Uh, shout outs to my boy, my best man, Joe. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. I mean, hell of a gift. Who gets their friend a freaking PS5? Holy moly. And of course, of course the, the first game uh, uh, I purchased is uh, UFC 4. And man, the computer is kicking my ass at first. I think I lost uh, three straight, but then uh, I had to uh, turn it up a notch with Pajeda and then turn it up a, a much bigger no uh, notch with the uh, Francis Ngannou. And I got back into the, the win column uh, a few times. So I'm just enjoying that game. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you to my wife, who's allowed me uh, some time to play. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I train when I can. But every now and again, uh, PS5 will be a nice outlet for me. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are... Uh, Looking forward to this. Uh, oh, uh, real quick, real quick to uh, recap the uh, U UFC Vegas. Uh, uh, the rest of the card. Rob, of course, at the top. Uh, Alexander Volkov with a huge TKO victory over Alexander. Just the Alexanders are everywhere. Romanoff. Um, Jonathan Martinez. Say Saeed Nurmagomedov, no relation to Khabib, was an excellent fight. That was a gritty come-from-behind victory by Factory X's Jonathan Martinez. I give him credit for that. Give him credit to Mark Montoya. Uh, just epic win, pure heart, pure will, and was the hammer at the end of the fight. And I was, uh, I was nervous for Jonathan going into the fight. It was a big fight. I... Uh, Man, I respect Saeed, immensely talented, wonderful skill set. But Jonathan Martinez, heart and will to get that victory. I heard this fantastic quote, fantastic quote from the coach of Brendan Lochnane at the uh, P PFL final. He said, uh, and he obviously has the UK accent, skill. And a tribute can be beaten by technique. Heart and spirit can beat technique. Did you guys catch that? Technique beats attributes. Spirit beats technique. Jonathan Martinez... Big heart, big heart, and way to pull it out. My favorite fight of the night, 
was Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Holy moly. I got to go back and watch it. It's one of the best one-round fights I've ever seen, and it's about four minutes. Excellent fight. You had the Pat Barry, Czech Congo, one-round fight. Punches were slanging. Just bombs were being thrown in one another's direction. And then you have the Nate Diaz-Paul Daly fight where just both guys dropped each other's survival to the end. Nick Diaz puts it on. Excuse me if I said Nate. Nick Diaz put it on him. The one thing I do not like is that the UFC, they need to work on their Nick Diaz character caricature. Uh, I didn't like the animations. He seemed a little stiff. And maybe they couldn't get him for uh, the motion capture. I mean, but everybody who's currently in the UFC, they, they move like their uh, real-life counterparts. But Nikita Krylov, Ryan Span, it wasn't blood and guts and haymakers like Pat Barry and Czech Congo. Nor was it the, the just pure onslaught of punch volume like in the daily Nick Diaz fight. Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann was just like eight submissions back and forth, submission, submission attempt, submission attempt, submission attempt, until ultimately Nikita Krylov got the win via triangle choke. It was just, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Credit to Ryan Spann. I didn't realize he was uh, that good on the ground. I know that Nikita Krylov has a uh, very strong grappling background, but Ryan Spann, I believe product of Fortis MMA, just, Gave him a hell of a fight. I hope both men got bonuses. That was that was a hell of a fight. So, yeah, UFC Vegas 271 in the books. If we uh, look forward to – what do we got? What do we got? UFC 286 this weekend. Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman. Woo-wee! The trilogy fight that was bound to happen many years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, when there were still sponsors on the shorts, Kamaro Usman beat Leon Edwards via decision, obviously incorporating, incorporating a lot of his wrestling. Fast forward to UFC 278. Last August, Salt Lake City, Utah, Leon Edwards is losing 24 freaking minutes. Though he had a takedown early in that fight, which is impressive. He was losing 24 minutes. And then after hearing another British accent coach saying, you got this, Rocky. You can do it. You got to pull it out of the fire. You got to pull it out of the fire. You can do this, kid. He did it. He freaking, he did that lead right jab into the rear left high kick. Woo! Stunned Usman. Put him out. Got his hand raised. Boom. Headshot. Done. Spectacular performance by Leon Edwards. Spectacular performance. And I think he should have moved up 
ahead of Kamar Usman in the pound for pound rankings. I saw on the ESPN rankings, they have Kamar Usman ahead. And I reached out to none other than Mark Ramundi, of course, via Twitter, and said, Mark, what are we doing here? Why is Leon Edwards, I think he was spot number seven and Kamar Usman was four or three? This doesn't make sense to me. And his response was that they're one and one apiece and that Kamar Usman has the better resume. And I'm like, first of all, the first fight was seven or eight years ago. Kamar Usman beat him via decision. Leon Edwards beat Kamar Usman via knockout. That's a big difference. And with a title on the line in a main event, uh, much different stakes were on the line. I got stakes all over my mind. Shout-outs to the couple getting married tomorrow. That doesn't make sense to me. Okay. And strength of schedule? Jorge Masvidal has had a tough go since that 2019 run out of nowhere. And it was against Darren Till, Ben Askren, Nate Diaz. And if you combine those guys' record over the last five years, I'm I'm sure it's not super pretty. Gilbert Burns, very respectable win. Colby Covington, very respectable wins. But Leon Edwards, to disrespect, I believe it's a 10-fight win streak. Cowboy Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, RDA, Bilal Muhammad, Nate Diaz. And then he beat the guy that you're saying has a better resume. So if he's got a better resume and then he beats the guy who's got the better resume, it's just, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense to me. Um, Leon Edwards should be ahead of him on the pound-for-pound rankings. Um, but let's move on. The fight, March 18th, tomorrow in the O2 Arena, UK, a home game for Leon Edwards, is a great opportunity for one of these guys to etch their name as an all-time great welterweight. Does Kamaru Usman avenge the only loss he's had in the last eight or nine years? Does he do it on a massive stage? On the road, does he run through the finish line? Does he not conserve a gas tank at high altitude? Does he wrestle more? And on the flip side, Leon Edwards. Is he going to be more active in the kickboxing? Is he going to pepper in the kicks early? Is he going to... expose Usman with something that hasn't been exposed yet because obviously the Leon Edwards camp there was footage in the locker room where they showed him working on working on that that move the the lead jab the rear roundhouse kick and do they see something else they can expose to the world and it is a home game and I just mentioned to you about spirit bait and technique does the crowd the amplifying of the energy, does that bring Edwards to a new level? 
or does he sink because of the pressure? I have no idea. I'm just excited for this freaking fight. I think I could see past the victory for both fighters. Kamaru Usman, like I said, he could wrestle way more. He's not at altitude. He can push the pace. Um, I'm sure he's going to shore up his defense. But to get comfortable, again, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. If we saw anything in the John Jones, Cyril Gon fight, it's that you should go to your strength more often. And yes, Kamaru Usman is a big believer in his boxing, his jab, his rear hand, knocking out Masvidal, knocking out Gilbert Burns. Working with Trevor Whitman has given him a new level of confidence in his hands. But do what got you to the dance. And as Chael Sonnen says, when the pressure is higher, you should do what you're more comfortable with, which is wrestling and grappling. Calm the crowd down. Get a hold of Leon Edwards early and often. If you're Edwards, push the pace. If the last fight showed anything is that Usman is conscious of his gas tank. In the Covington fights, in the Woodley fight, he is conscious of his gas tank. There are moments where he thinks he can rest in which you can exploit if you're Leon Edwards, if you're in better shape, if you have better cardiovascular, if you believe in your gas tank, push the pace. That high kick, the low kick, the boxing will be there more often, but you have to you have to make it be there. You have to force Usman to expose a weakness. So very, 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 very excited for that fight. I will be <laughs> digging into the uh, the wedding cake, enjoying that main event with the headphone in. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to look like a, uh, a CIA or KGB Mossad or M6 agent with the uh, earpiece. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Usman. <laughs> oh, Edwards. In the co-main event, Rafael, is it Rafael? I mean, he's not from Brazil, but we'll just call him Rafael Fiziev. Uh, Justin Gaethje, big time, high percentage fight of the year candidate. No freaking doubt about it. Fiziev Gaethje is just going to be pure, unadulterated violence. In motion. I love it. I'm very much looking forward to that fight. Fiziev, who's just a extremely dynamic, extremely talented, has shown moments of lack and focus. While Justin Gaethje, his biggest thing is to when there are moments where he can rest, he just pushes forward. So does Gaethje break Fiziev in the third round when Fiziev has shown signs of being lackadaisical and backpedaling on his victory? Does Gaethje's ego and competitive nature force him to make a mistake in that if Fiziev tags him early, is Fiziev going to be patient or can Gaethje drag Fiziev into the bloodbath 
in which Gaethje can do the backwards breaststroke in. I would put the money on Gaethje, but this is a 55-45 percentage type of coin flip fight. No doubt about it's going to be entertaining, but there are some doubts about who will win. But the fans win. That's that's 100% what's going to happen. The fans win in this fight. It's epic. The UFC, they've done a good job. And I've been studying the, the way they've been putting this card, these cards together. They aren't necessarily doing the uh, double title uh, pay-per-views, but they will do an epic main event uh, with the bigger weight classes. It, it's it's pretty wild that the UFC 288 Newark card, May 6th in New Jersey, the Aljamain Sterling-Henry Cejudo fight, is headlining. That is finally respect to the bantamweight division. They see that the that fight can move some numbers and just like that fight just as we've seen as the card before what the ufc is doing is putting on these three round bangers in the co-main event in the ufc 288 matchmaking we got charles Oliveira in a three-round fight is going to be woo against benil darius who's been only getting the skills better who's coming into that fight super super fresh that's a three-round banger uh the fight i just mentioned fizia versus gaichi Epic, epic, epic. And who else? Uh, what was it uh, off the top of my head? What would it be? 285 was uh, John Jones. Yeah, that was that was a double title fight. That was a double title fight. Uh, but we know the uh, John Jones reason why there was uh, Valentina on the, uh, the co-man in that. I would not be surprised the fight before. Yeah. Shavkat, Jeff Neal, that was just action-freaking-packed fight. Those three-round fights that they put before the title fights are just truly epic. Uh, Makachev versus Volkanovski, yep. There was a title in the co-main, but the fight before the title fights, Jack Della, Madalena versus Randy Brown was nonstop action. UFC 283. What do we got? 283. Teixeira Hill. Brandon Moreno. and Figueroa. All right. But I'm just going to write this up now as to the uh, the fights before the co- uh, the title fight. They always put on a uh, an epic, epic fight. To get the uh, the juices rolling. The fight before Fiziev Gaethje. Barbarina. Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson. He's been taking uh, a lot of gaps. In between his fights. This is a, uh, a good spot for him. A good fight for him. This is perfect matchmaking. Brian Barbarina has. Looked. Extremely. Better and better. In each of his fights. And they're growing him properly. He fight, fought Vincent Luque earlier in his career and was kind of thrown into deep waters. But since then, he's been matched up perfectly. This is another great match. I think Barbarina could show a lot of grit and heart. But Gunnar Nelson, 
Gunnar Nelson, who will be fighting very close to his home and is very familiar with the UK, has a massive advantage in the skilled department. And it would just be whether or not he's checked in. And I think he, it, I could see a 29-28 Gunnar Nelson getting the decision. Barely, barely, barely. Jennifer Maya, Casey O'Neill before that. Big fight for Casey O'Neill. Does she keep the undefeated record? She's a hot prospect at 135. Jennifer Maya has a ton of experience. I I believe she is, uh, excuse me, uh, 125 this fight's at. Has she fought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She fought for a title. I knew knew, uh, she's knocked on the door of being a champion. Uh, She did take Valentina to a decision. And uh, it's been kind of up and down since that fight. Does Casey O'Neill catch her here? Yes. I, I would say yes. I would say this is a perfect matchmaking for Casey O'Neill to get a boost into that upper echelon of the UFC's flyweight division. Roman Delice. This guy feels, I feel like he's fighting every two months. George's own Roman Delice got a Big fight for him at 185 against none other than Italy's Marvin Vittori. I love that fight. Roman Delice, he showed off a submission victory in his last fight. He's obviously shown hands of stone and a lot of punch and power in fights previous. Uh, Marvin Vittori, he's a well-rounded fighter. He can wrestle. He can punch. Good gas tank. Very competitive. Can Marvin Vittori put a lid on Roman Delice's spaceship? Can he stop the championship trajectory? I would say in a five-round fight, maybe. But in a three-round fight, Roman Delice is going to come out ready to take his head off. Marvin Vittori will see the final horn, but I like Delice to... ah. This is a fight where Delice would lose a decision, get sent back in the rankings and reset, refocus, and be better because of this loss. I'm going to go Marvin Vittori for the three-round decision. Let's uh, let's see what the uh, what the line is on that. Where's the? Do I have an odds page? MMA, what do we got? Roman Delice. UFC 2. Ah, the odds see what I see. Do they see what I see? They see what I see. Roman Delice is a plus number, while Marvin Vittori is the favorite. It makes sense. Vittori has fought the elite, the elite, the elite of the UFC's 185 division. He's gone numerous times uh, to a decision against Israel Adesanya, one of the pound-for-pound greats in the UFC. Yeah, I could see him having, and him and uh, Javier Cordero, his coach, having an excellent strategy against Roman Delice, who is more talented, has... Just God-given punch and power on top of his 
jujitsu background, which he showcased in his last fight. But I like Marvin Vittori to have that veteran savvy use lean on that experience, that championship fight level experience in a chaotic atmosphere to kick off the UFC pay-per-view. Just be wise, be smart, wrestle, grapple, clinch, box, wrestle, grapple, clinch, box, and kind of frustrate Roman Delice that he's swinging for the fences in the third round. And then Vittori can jump underneath for a takedown, an easy takedown in the third and seal the fight. I do like that fight to go to a decision. Uh, let's see. Yeah, not great. If the it's minus money, still minus 180 for Vittori. Uh, oh, actually, let's see. Vittori. Minus 135. If Vittori wins by decision, not bad, not bad. Uh, I would like it, though. One unit safe. One unit is definitely safe for Vittori. Uh, in terms of, let me see the odds on the other fights. Who do we got? Usman is the favorite. Ah, man. I do like Gaethje at a plus number. I do like Gaethje at a plus number. Plus 190, yeah. A unit on Gaethje. Edwards versus Usman. Edwards plus money. Five rounds is a lot in the UK environment. Even if Usman takes him down... That's going to wear on the gas tank. And as we've seen in the past, Usman likes to kickbox, has realized that he can kind of space out his cardio by kickboxing a lot. He didn't want to engage in a wrestle match against Colby Covington. He didn't want to do countless number of takedown attempts in both fights versus Jorge Masvidal. I think he barely went for a takedown or two against Edwards in the first fight. Now, I'll chalk that up to the Utah high elevation, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to throw some money on Edwards for that fight as a plus number, as a plus number. Uh, Casey O'Neill, yeah, Vegas sees her winning as well. I think Jennifer Maya has been up and down since her title fight against Valentina Shevchenko. Farmer Arena versus Nelson. Yeah, they got, yeah, they see what I see. Nelson winning a 29-28 decision. Maybe he's got some uh, cage rust. That's a uh, that's a fun fight, but Farmer Arena is going to give it his all. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Good fights to look at. Good fights to look at. I am uh, definitely looking forward to this card. Finally, what else do we got to talk about? Benavidez versus Caleb Plant is happening next week. I will give you guys a much more a thorough breakdown for Benavidez versus Caleb Plant, which if you guys haven't seen the press conference, I don't think Top Ranked has released the... Uh, the promotional hype video for that fight, but I'm pumped for that. I am very pumped for that. That might be the biggest fight of March in combat sports. Actually, John Jones, surreal gone. 
Caleb Plant, Benavides. Then you could go Usman, Edwards. Caleb Plant versus David Benavides is a huge fight in the 168-pound uh, division in boxing. That's Canelo's division. Maybe they go up to 175. You could do a super fight maybe with Demetrio Bivol, Arthur Better Biev. Canelo Alvarez is obviously jumping around in those two divisions, but I am pumped for that. And what I'm also pumped for is Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the Jets. The deal is close to happening. The ball is in the Packers court. Can they make the deal happen? Will they make the deal happen? Yes, they have to. They have to as a freaking Jets fan. If you can't tell, uh, I need this to happen. This is a fact that when the Sacramento Kings, which is a basketball team for all my fight fans and friends, when the Sacramento Kings make the playoffs next month in the NBA playoffs, the Jets will be the longest team in North American sports to make it to a playoff tournament. No team in hockey, no other team in football, no Major League Baseball team, and no basketball team has had a longer playoff appearance streak than the New York Jets. Holy moly. Let's get Aaron Rodgers. Inshallah, God willing, let's freaking go. Man, this has got to happen. And, man, I haven't uh, gotten Madden. In a long time, I play with my friends, play with my brothers. But if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, you bet your sweet ass I'm getting Madden and I will play the heck out of that game. And I hope you guys will play with me. My uh, online ID, I underscore K underscore E underscore 222. So get at me on PSN. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Octagon. Another live episode. Rob Davalashvili dominates Peter Jan, knocking on the door of a title fight. A lot of great matches to happen at 135. UFC 286 is in the books. Can't wait for this card. Next week, I want to get into a lot more of what's potentially the biggest fight of the year in Stipe Miocic returning to face John Jones. And of course, Aaron Rodgers, come to the Jets. Come to the Jets. Love you guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.